This is channel 253. Hey, farm fam. It's me, Nate. Don't worry. I didn't get mixed up and put the podcast out on the wrong date. I only did that once. Okay, twice. Okay, fine. It happens all the time. But like, that's not what this is. On Monday, we'll have a regularly scheduled episode of Nerd Farmer, where I'll be talking about the book, How Democracies Die for the Second Time. We had our first conversation back in September, and we're now revisiting the book to look at the further degradation of our democracy. This is a conversation about a creeping tyranny in the United States. My guests on that show are Andrew Hammond from the News Tribune, Hallie Kanigi from Tacoma Against Nazis, and Professor Ingrid Walker from UWT. And we're talking about the shifts that we're seeing happening under our feet and essentially like the increase in tyrannical behavior from the government. Now, this is not that y'all kind of I want to go outside nonsense about COVID that you're seeing in the news. This is talking about real tyranny, real state repression, real state violence, and real denial of the franchise, especially to black Americans. But right now, I want to actually introduce Treat. Here at Channel 253, we're launching a brand new show called Give Me the Mic. Give Me the Mic is an opportunity for people in the community to tell their stories on their terms. There are six shop episodes on topics of the host's choosing. And our first host is Stella Keating. Stella is a young teenager at Student Tacoma Schools who's been active in the community. And her conversation with you all, her six shots, are about, about youth advocacy, an issue that's very near and dear to my heart. And so I want you to hear Stella and I want you to listen to these episodes and think about how you can support teenagers like Stella because they are our best hope for the democracy. Like the more I think about it, the more I just, the more pessimistic I am about the near term, but the more hope I have for the future and the future that America is going to have is going to be created by kids like Stella when they get control of institutions. And so for that reason, we gave her the mic. If you like what you hear on this show, and if you like what you hear from Stella, I'm going to encourage you to consider joining Channel 253 as a member. Your membership dollars make this work possible. And now, give me the mic. In this episode of Give Me the Mic. Can we give a shout out to Jamaica Scott, our own, yes. our own Tacoma, Jamaica Scott, who yes. is now, as Stella put it, TikTok famous? Yeah, her um, TikToks are li- literally giving me life and joy. So we're just going to shout out to Jamaica right now. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. Hi, I am Stella Keating. I'm a trans rights activist and a national public speaker with the Gender Cool Project. I also inspired and helped establish the Mayor's Youth Commission right here in Tacoma. I have grown up in Tacoma for all my life and love it a whole lot. Through my work, I met amazing youth activists around the country and here in Tacoma, doing critical work and making an impact in their communities. The purpose of this podcast series is to highlight important work happening in Tacoma being led by youth. So give me the mic! Welcome back, everyone, to Give Me the Mic. Uh, today, I have with me my Lisa Keating. Uh, she means a couple of things to me. Um, I think most importantly, um, she's the lady with purple hair. Um, but I guess the second most important thing would probably is that she's my mom. And so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, welcome. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. You're so welcome. Um, 
So I guess I'll start out. Uh, we're going to be asking each other questions. And so we're just interviewing each other and getting to know each other, even though we've known each other for 15 years. And so, um, yeah. So I guess my first question is, uh, what moments in your life have helped you to get to where you are now as a school board director and an activist and someone who teaches in schools? Hmm. I think I... I think I realized um, a few years back that I became an activist a lot longer, uh, much earlier than I acknowledged. Um, I was a teenager, uh, became a teenager in the 80s and um, had friends who um, would later identify as queer, but we didn't have the language or the safety or, you know, they're just in a school setting, in a public school setting, that just was not something that was um, talked about or even acknowledged or even legal to, um, as a, um, yeah, as an identity or identities. And so the um, AIDS epidemic really had a much more significant impact on my framing of the world than I quite realized until much later. Um, I remember when I was in high school, and well, now it's AP, but when I was taking, um, they were called, called college prep classes. Um, and I, I did, um, I wrote actually a couple different um, essays, one about homelessness. Um, and one of the other ones that um, I wrote about that was pretty controversial. Homelessness actually was pretty controversial to write about too. But I wrote about the AIDS epidemic and how the Reagan administration had, um, handled it. And I say handled with air quotes. Um, and so I think um, like that was something that impacted me in a way that I didn't quite understand at the time. Um, so that really um, led me into um, advocating for uh, the LGBTQ community. Um, I also um, didn't really have words for it at the time, but now I understand that um, I also um, identified as a bisexual person. And so like I was always, um, I always saw myself outside of the queer community, but um, the more I've been um, immersed in this work, the more I understand that I've always been a part of that community. Um, and so, and really um, having you was one of the biggest influencers of how I ended up um, creating an anti-bullying program and advocating um, on behalf of trans youth and queer youth um, and then eventually running for office. So parenthood really was a huge catalyst. Yeah. Ooh, it's my turn. It is your turn. Mm. Congratulations. Okay. So I would like you to define leadership. Uh, I think that leadership, I think that, um, I think it really... It really depends to um, thinking in a more uh, political way. And I, I think that in, in thinking about a democracy, um, a leader is someone who represents a group of people. And I think that a leader really um, can also go beyond that. And I think a leader is should be and um, is a capital A ally. Is there an age requirement to being a leader? No. How old can you be? You could be 12, 64, uh, like your age, 102. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, you could be you could be any age. You could be six. You could be forty-two. You could be fifteen, sixteen. All yeah, the ages. I get it. I think we get it. Okay. Yeah. Great. Um, <laughs> so what? So these are kind of a um, two-part question, but what draws you to leadership, and what do you feel is lacking? Um. Uh, I think the idea of being someone who stands up for other people and who is, um, you know, who um, people can come to and is someone who can take action, who can take action and, like, do things about problems. I, I, I think being a problem solver is what really drives me to leadership. And what's lacking? A lot of things. I would say um, representation for sure. And I think that there's a lot of, um, there's a lack of representation of the uh, queer community and of the, of uh, POCs. And um, for those, if someone's listening, could you oh, define yeah. POC? A person of color or people of color and um, also indigenous and um, native people within. Um, yeah. That's what's really lacking leadership okay. in public leadership I should say also um and, and so and it's really not I wouldn't say that it's in very forefront and it needs to be more forefront for people okay. so uh so that brings me to my next question um and this is a very sensitive question what is running for office like for people who are considering it or are currently doing it and need someone um, well, if you would have asked me this in October or November, I would have had much more angst about my response. Mm-hmm. Um, running for office is um, really difficult. Um, it's some of the hardest work I've ever done in my life. And a lot of that work, just by the nature of running for elected office, is done solely. And so that can feel really isolating. And I think um, it's also challenging coming from a background of nonprofit and activism. Yeah. Um, The amount of money that is needed to run a race. I really struggled with um, reconciling, raising the amount of money that I did for my campaign and where that, what, what that money could have actually gone for or gone to. So that was, that, that's hard. That was hard for me to reconcile. Um, I also, I think that I knew that there was a difference between running for office and serving. So I feel so grounded and, um, ready to serve as a school director. And I feel like I knew that I knew that I was prepared and able to do this job. I had to go through the barrier of running. Right and winning election, which Mm -hmm. is a barrier. Um, And then I think the thing that I really feel is lacking in running, particularly if you're female, and if you're a female that also has intersectionality, um, intersections in the margins of our society, we don't have mentorship. Mm -hmm. And if there is, there are programs that are wonderful, but you have to pay you have to have money, you have to be able to travel to go and take the, the classes or the courses and seminars and 
But if you're, um, if you don't have those resources, and, and we frankly don't have those resources or didn't either, then um, like it makes it really difficult. And the stress and the pressure is um, some that I don't, I equated it to um, when you were a, um, about a year, not quite a year and a half, um, I was diagnosed with postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. And that um, period, sort of a two-year period of time, was some of the most difficult of my um, adult life. Mm-hmm. And the level of stress and pressure um, running for office was... The, the only other similar experience I have. So for me, I just felt like I was continually having, continually, continually, I finally got it out, having to prove that I had the right to run, prove that I had the knowledge to run, prove that, you know, that I deserved a seat at the table and having to constantly defend your right to exist or be in a space mm-hmm. is exhaustive. And so I think um, if for other people who are considering running, I think the, the, the biggest thing I would like to be able to give back is to, have, to be there as a support, an emotional support and mentor. Not that someone has to pay me to do that because I wished I had more others who had been gone, you know, had already been down that path. I wish I had more people that actually reached out to just check on me. Right. Not ask me about my campaign, not ask me about my fundraising, but reach out and say, hey, are you right? Besides your family. Well, and and when you're running for office, your entire immediate circle is running. It's not just one person. Yeah. My turn? It is your turn. Okay. Okay. Why is storytelling important and what changes can come from it? I think... Um, you know, I've always been telling, I've always been a storyteller for my life. And I think that something that is really important about storytelling is, I think, it validates other people's feelings. And I think that it really, um, you can hear someone who, re- excuse me, who relates to you because you might have a similar story, you know? Um, and so, or like there might be aspects of a story that really just um, resonate with someone and um, it can create friendships too. And I think it also really expresses who you are as a person too. And so, um, yeah. Something I would add to storytelling is that it also has a significant, can have a significant impact on our laws and our policies and how they're framed, changed, or improved. I think storytelling is a way that connects us. And our family, from when you were really young, has, we've used storytelling as a way to connect um, our experience as a family to others, to be that representation, like you mentioned. And also, to normalize families like ours. Right. Because we there's there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of families like ours. Right. So yeah. Um so a century ago when you were my age, uh did you ever think that you would be in office? This is the second time you slammed me. <laughs> I feel like there's some ageism going on here. I don't even know. No, I think it's more like another. Would you ask the question again? Because I was too busy being offended. Sure, yeah. 
a century ago when you were my age. Did you ever think that you would be in office? No, God. When I was 15, my dream was to either be the next Pat Benatar or Madonna-ish. Like now, I mean, I would probably say Lady Gaga, but I definitely really thought um, I was really following a career or a trajectory of musical of music and um, singing and performing and I wanted to go to uh, the music uh, institute uh, musicians institute I think that's what it was called I don't even know if it's around anymore but it was in Hollywood um, yeah. but yeah so my I wanted to be a, a professional um, musician singer yeah that was when I was 15 so no politics were nowhere near my, in my framework, they weren't in my head even like oh, I don't know, like three years ago. So yeah, that yeah. was not at all anything I was considering yeah. at fifteen. All right, so we're gonna go for a quick break, and we'll be right back. Hello, I'm Eric Hanberg, host of the Channel Two Five Three podcast, We Art Tacoma. This episode of Channel Two Five Three is sponsored by Tapco. Pierce County's original credit union. You might already know that credit unions are not-for-profit financial cooperatives with a focus on enriching their members instead of big bank shareholders. TAPCO is committed to serving Tacoma and Pierce County, just like Channel 253. That means when you put your money there, you put it back into our community. Think about it. You go to the night market, you go to the Grand, and you shop at local stores. So why not keep your money local too? TAPCO offers the products and services you need, home loans, auto loans, checking and savings, online and mobile banking, all with lower fees and better rates than big banks. Plus, TAPCO donates to local causes and supports our community in other ways, so you can feel good about helping your neighbors. To learn more about our local choice for all of your banking needs, visit tapcocu.org. My thanks to TAPCO for their support of this podcast and Channel 253. Welcome back, everyone. And so you have a question for me, I believe. I do. What memories or moments of my activism and or leadership stand out to you? Definitely running for office was definitely one thing. Um, I think that's a different question. I have a lot of memories for you. Uh, I think just seeing you go through all that stress um, and coming out from it as who you are now, because I definitely think it changed you. And, you know, I think that's, that was really inspiring for me. And when you were running for office, I, you know, was kind of questioning, I was like, do, do I really want to be a politician? Do I, do I really want that? Is that what I want to do? Uh, do I, do I want to go through the stress and pain? But, you know, I think, I think, seeing that you got through it, it makes me believe that I could get through it too, you know? And I think that you also uh, teaching um, about being an ally in elementary school was really inspiring for me. Um, And so, yeah. So my next question for you. uh, uh, So my, yeah. So my next question for you, um, what is it like raising a perfect child to who also happens to be transgender? Gosh, <laughs> the perfect child. That is 
a loaded question right now. It certainly Since is. We've been locked up together. Oh, yeah. During the stay-at-home order for, a, yeah. I don't remember how many weeks now. I've totally lost track. Um, being, I've said this often, um, being your mom is one of the greatest honors um, of my life. Oh, this is a perfect right? And she's just ruining it right now. <laughs> so, um, I, um, I do a lot of writing about our family. And I remember writing a tribute to you um, for your birthday a couple years ago on Pantsuit Nation. Um, and I, I really boiled it down to um, loving you is as easy as breathing. You're not perfect. <laughs> uh, just spoiler, you're not perfect. So, but raising you has um, taught me. Um, it it teach it's taught me and um, stretched me to be um, to continue to practice and learn and grow to be the best possible mom that I can and person that I can, and that not only benefits you, that benefits me. Um, and our family. And so um, I literally would not be who I am right now without you. You made me cry. Why? This is not fair. This is not a fair fight. I think she just swore, but. Oh, I forgot. I'm you sorry. Can't, you can't swear. A school director's child does not swear. I think that was part of swearing me in. I think also. I, I think, think that was I, it. I think that okay. school director's child can't listen to Melissa either. So. We're going to move on my turn. Okay. Mumbler. So we're going to move on to unpopular opinion. Can I skip? No, but I'll oh, start. Uh, you'll start? Yeah. Okay. I have one ready. Oh, no. No. Don't use that one. That hurts. That hurts so hard. I haven't even said it. Oh, I know what it is. Yeah. Unpopular opinion, Michael Scott, no! <laughs> Michael Scott no! memes are overrated. Yeah, Michael Scott, Scott jokes, memes. Oh, no! The office is life. I live and breathe the office. Uh, um, my unpopular opinion is that... Can I say guilty pleasure? Sure. Great. Okay. So one of my guilty pleasures is... Uh, TikTok because I really I think it's kind of overrated but god I really love watching it and oh man can we give a shout out to Jamaica Scott our own yes our own Tacoma Jamaica Scott who yes. is now as Stella put it TikTok famous yeah her um TikToks are literally giving me life and joy so we're just going to shout out to Jamaica right now okay so we're going to ask each other these next... Um, Do we really have to be kind for that one? Uh, ask the question. Okay, great. Uh, so what is your favorite quality of me? I mean, besides every single one, what is like the best and your most favorite quality? Your uh, My favorite quality about you is um, your, your sense of justice. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite quality about me? Let's see. I, I really, I find your um, relentlessness really powerful and really amazing. Okay. We're going to turn the tables a little bit. Uh -oh. 
do you want to ask this question? Sure. Um, what quality annoys uh, you the most about me? Mm, your drama. Your oh tendency to be dramatic. <laughs> what drama? Oh my God. <laughs> you try to not say that dramatic. That was good. I'm impressed. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Uh, so what quality annoys you the most about me? And be kind. Oh man. Um, sometimes your phone annoys me and just be on your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. What's what's your favorite memory of us together? Mm, one of my favorite memories is when you and I um and Nana when we went to DC for the first time. Yes. Um oh. being in taking you to DC, I think it was actually this time of year in 2017 for the Time to Thrive yeah. conference. Um that was such a powerful place to be with you um and just that whole experience um is one of my favorite memories um and my favorite memory while we were there um was um spending the afternoon with sarah mcbride oh. and when sarah mcbride put you on top of her shoulders oh, that was in front of the white house sure knowing who was in the white house and who had just banned had just reversed, recently reversed protections on transgender students. Yeah. So there was having one of the most um, uh, well-known and um, influential transgender leaders, um, having you stand on her shoulders yeah. or sit on her shoulders. And also the fact that she was the first transgender um, person to address the um, DNC in 2016. She was the first transgender um, intern for the Obama administration. Like to see you sitting on top, literally on top of her shoulders, knowing that what Sarah had accomplished and done, um, she paved the way for you to become anything you want to be. Um, for me, like that was just a pivotal, beautiful moment and beautiful memory. That was terrifying for me. <laughs> those shoulders, those are. She's tall. She's not a short person. And so I was way up there. That was scary. My goodness. Um, so what is one of your favorite memories of us together? Um, I think um, all the times that we like sat in the car together and just like I have some sort of problem and you just like talk me through it. And it just it's really nice. And those are always just so powerful to me and I always feel so good after them and so yeah that's that's my favorite memory that's so specific memory but it's favorite time of mine yeah many parents have had the driveway conversation oh, yeah you pull up oh, and you end up God. sitting in the car for a long time God. solving the world's problems oh yeah all right well thank you guys so much for joining us and uh, I'll see you later bye bye Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. Give Me the Mic is part of the Channel 253 Podcast Network. Check out our other shows, Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, We Art Tacoma, Move to Tacoma, Taco Man, Flounder's B-Team, Crossing Division, Citizen Tacoma, and What Say You?
This is Channel 253.